gathering this morning. Lord, we just bless your holy name. Lord, I ask that this service be a sweet smelling servant to you this morning. In Jesus' name. Please let's open to our text for the month. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 from verse 9 to 11. Colossians 1 verse 9 to 11. Let's also open to, um, sorry, we are reading two passages this morning. Let's open to Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 18. But we'll first read our, our text from the month. I'm reading from the New King James. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with joy, strengthened with might, according to, the power, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy. Praise God. Um, Ephesians chapter... 1 verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, to the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and, and in his incomparable great power for those who believe. Praise God. A lot of the time we... Our theme for the month is all-round fruitfulness. And when you look at all-round fruitfulness, everybody wants to be fruitful in his job. Everyone wants to be fruitful as a parent, fruitful as a worker, both in your job and in church. And a lot of the time we pray that God help us to be fruitful. And sometimes we don't find ourselves in a place of fruitfulness as we ought to. And I ask myself why, and... This passage has everything there, what you need to be fruitful. The verse 9, it says, I'm sorry. Verse 9, it says, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his word and in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Filled with the knowledge of his word. I mean, a lot of us, I mean, last, last week's message was very enlightening for me. Sometimes we pray, and we pray based not on what God's word says, but what we feel on our emotions. And it says the word of God is powerful, piercing even to, even to the division of soul and spirit. That's God's word will demarcate what your selfish emotion desires, that's your soul, and what his spirit at work in you desires. And James 4.3 says, you ask and you do not receive because you pray amiss. I mean, you can you can spend all these years praying for something and you are praying for the wrong thing because it's not God's will and God and you might not just get it. Which is why we must be filled with the knowledge of what God's word says for us. And my prayer this morning is that God's word would I mean quicken our understanding. Let it be a light to us. I mean God's word is a light is a light is a light to your path. And you can't just wake up one day and pray and based on something that is not God's word. I mean, like he said last week, he said, 
some of us we get food and we say, Lord, bless this food. I mean, it was, a, it was a letting for me, bless this food. God's word has said your food is blessed. What you are supposed to pray for is the thanks for the food. You are supposed to give thanksgiving for the food. Some of us pray that, oh God, come down and heal me. Meanwhile, God has died for your healing years ago. I mean, we can't keep on living with a lack of understanding of what God's word says. And so this morning, we'll just pray. Paul, Paul, Paul already has a prayer for us this morning. He was like, I pray that, he said, we do not cease to pray and ask that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and with, or with in all wisdom and understanding. Please let's just rise on our feet and let's just declare that, God, let your wisdom and your understanding light my path. Let me not go in my own will and in my own accordance. Let me not just do things religiously as a, as because I come to church every morning. Lord, but let your word change me. The Bible says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. God's word is renewing your mind every day. Let's just pray that God's word will be renewing our mind every day. You are not supposed to be the same way you were yesterday as a Christian. God is supposed to show you his new mercies every morning. Father, we just thank you. Lord, we just give you praise. We just give you all our adoration. Let's pray that God will help us to be fruitful as a parent, as a worker, wherever we find ourselves. And he has already given us what we need to be fruitful. Spiritual wisdom and the knowledge of his word. Let's just pray that God's word will be active in our spirits. Let's just pray that God's word will be a guide to us every day. That our prayers and our daily living will be based on what God's word says. So that we can be fruitful wherever we find ourselves. Let's just thank God for the fact that we are privileged to know Him and be called His children. The fact that you are His child means that, you be, that his, He has made His Spirit available for you to be stirred up. The Bible, say, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. That we we'll hear God's Word and as we hear God's Word our faith will be increased and the knowledge of His Word would Help us to pray in accordance to his will. In Jesus' name. I just want us to have a short confession this morning. I mean, please just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, fill me with the knowledge of your will as I read and study your word. And grant me your spiritual wisdom so that I can be fruitful in all I find myself in. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. This morning, I'll, I'll be talking briefly on loyalty month. Every sixth month of every year in Foursquare organization is tagged loyalty month. And firstly, I'll 
define what loyalty means. And secondly, I'll speak on what the scripture says about loyalty. And lastly, I'll speak on the essence of loyalty month in Foursquare Gospel Church. Praise the Lord. So what is loyalty? Loyalty is a strong support of allegiance. Loyalty is an essential quality in any close relationship. We all want a loyal friend. We want a loyal wife. We want a loyal husband. We want loyal children. So loyalty is very essential in any relationship. And now I'll be going to what the scripture says about loyalty. God established the very essence of loyalty through his covenant relationship with his people. In Deuteronomy 7:9, the scripture says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. The faithful God who maintains covenant loyalty with those who love him and keep his commandments in a, to a thousand generations. Through his covenant, God's people are assured of his never-ending love from which no believer can ever be separated. And this can be seen in Romans, 3, Romans 8, 35 to 39. God has promised his loyalty and commitment to us. Although God's covenant with man are unilateral, he promised to fulfill them by himself. There is still an admonition to loyalty on man's part. For God has made it clear that if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other God and worship them and bow down to them, I testify against you that you, sh- you surely be destroyed. This can be seen in Deuteronomy 8:19. Those who prove to be disloyal are those who prove they do not belong to him. We can see this in 1 John 3:24. But for believers, we have the promise that even if we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. This can be seen in 2 Timothy 2:13. In our relationship with one another, we are called to steadfast loyalty. Paul speaks about a loyal companion in, in Philippians 4.3. It should be Titus or, si- or Silas. He spoke about how the person was really um, helping him out in, in carrying his work. But whoever he was, he was, he was, who, he was someone who labored faithfully with Paul. And now, Ruth. Ruth is like the very embodiment of loyalty. She demonstrated it with Naomi. She she had a complete devotion and duty. She had a complete devotion and duty to her mother-in-law. Like despite the fact that she doesn't even know who Naomi's people are, she doesn't even know who Naomi's God is. She she said in Ruth in Ruth one sixteen, "Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you." Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Like, that is a perfect sign of loyalty. And um, we, Yoruba people, we call Ruth um, Abokoku. Like, she is so loyal. Like, like, like Ruth, Ruth, right? She actually, she actually um, made us know that it's actually good to be loyal. And, and it really paid off because she was, seen, she, she was um, part of the lineage of grace. Uh, the other, the other lady, Oprah, she did not see, she could not, um, she did not have that opportunity to be in the lineage of grace. So Ruth's loyalty paid off at the long run. And for true believers, loyalty is shown in our commitment to Jesus and his gospel. 
This can be seen in Mark 8.35 and Romans 1.16. It is an acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is our sole source of authority and salvation. This can be seen in Matthew 28.18 and John 14.6. Such devotion and commitment should echo the attitude the Apostle Peter who said in 1 Peter 4.11, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very word of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. As Jesus' disciples, we should demonstrate our loyalty and self-sacrificing allegiance to him by following his commandments. Mark 8.34 says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. But even when we fail to, completely, to, be, to be completely loyal and steadfast to him, we have his assurance that he will be loyal to us. Matthew 28:20 b says, And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of this age. Praise the Lord. The essence of loyalty wants in Foursquare Gospel Church. It fosters unity and harmony in the interchurch relationship. It enables the visiting minister to know what the church, how the church is faring. It puts the church and visitors in check. It creates a form of assessment because there's a particular, um, there's a particular standard we follow during loyalty month. All ministers know that. We learn new things and we gain new experience. And I pray this morning that we will be loyal to God in everything we do in the mighty name of Jesus. And we will also be loyal to everyone around us in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Jama Gopil. morning i want to hear you shout hallelujah praise god we the youth choir we just want to remind you today that god is faithful that no matter what you're facing that no matter what you're holding on to god for just remember that he is faithful and he is just to do that which he has promised you praise the lord we just want to tell you that no matter how long the promise of god has is taken that we just want to remind you today that the promise will not fail that the promise will manifest what is that word of prophecy what is that thing that you have heard from god directly what is that thing that you were reading and god has you know told you that he's going to do for you what promise are you holding on to we just want to remind you today that the promises of god will not fail in your life in jesus name may you listen and be blessed And um, listen to the lyrics. Focus on the lyrics on the screen. They minister to us, and we believe it will minister to you too as well.
your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my covenant. You never fail me. The promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness,
faithful God. He never changes. He's a faithful God. He's excellent and awesome in all circumstances, at all times. We can trust him to wrap us in his arms and we are guaranteed safety. Thank you very much for the ministration. He's a wonderful father. Praise his name. He's a glorious God. He's a glorious God. He's a glorious God. He's a faithful father. He is always faithful. Hallelujah. Thank you very much for this privilege, Daddy and Mommy and the pastorate. We exalt and we thank you very much. We we are happy to stand here today to be part of the ministry to share the light. And as you listen, may God bless your hearts. Just say this with me. I'm a child of God. Say it like you mean it. I'm a child of God. Okay, say it this way. I am a child of God. I have been delivered from the power of darkness. And I'm conveyed into the kingdom of his dear son. I am redeemed. I have redemption through his blood. And the blood still speaks where I'm concerned. I am filled with knowledge and the will of his Father. Every handwriting against me is cancelled. All principalities, all powers of darkness are brought under divine judgment and rendered inoperative in my situation. I am obedient. I am obedient. I am an obedient disciple. And the word works in my situation. The Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a moment like this. We bless your name, we exalt you. Now, Father, Lord Jesus Christ, let the opening of my mouth be the words that only you speak. Now, Father, you drink through my mind and you speak through my mouth. That my lips, Father, Lord, will speak only the things that you convey. And in the end, Father, you alone take all the glory. Amen. So, um, for the past uh, four weeks, we've been looking through a series, I like to call it, All Around Fruitfulness. And uh, we've listened to different uh, preachers as they brought it forward to us. And we've been considering Colossians 1, from 9 to 11. Can we take our readings from there this morning? Colossians 1, 9 to 11. This was Paul writing to the church in Colossae about what he heard by a perpetrator. And 
it was a faithful talk, so he was convinced to write to them. And he said, since we first heard about you, I'm reading from the Passion Translation, we've kept you always in our prayers, that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives, making you reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. We pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing that you do. Then, you will become fruitful, yielding to his will, and maturing in the rich experience of, his, of knowing God in his fullness. And we pray that you will be energized with all explosive power from the realm of magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. This was Paul writing to uh, the believers. And he was telling them on how he has heard of their faithfulness and their fruitful works. And he just feels it is necessary that he sends forth words to them, just to encourage them more in the faith. And all this while, we call it all around fruitfulness. But today I'll be titling the message, Consistent Fruitfulness, a Key to Reward. Consistent fruitfulness, a key to reward. It is expedient that we make sure or we endeavor to live a fruitful life. How can we live fruitful lives? First of all, what do we understand by fruitfulness? For you to be fruitful, that means you're also productive. You're fruitful, you are productive. And to live a fruitful life, Definitely there should be a motivation to live a fruitful life. For you to live such a life that God calls, okay, this person has been working in my vineyard, there should be a motivation. And our primary motivation comes from the word, and that is the love of God that we have in our hearts. God is love, and we are his. So we need to live a life of righteousness. And we need to walk in the love of Christ. And the Bible outlined and told us what love would do in different places. You know, it says about love being kind, love being patient, <laughs> love endures even long suffering. So we need to live like that. And that should be our primary motivation, looking onto Jesus, who he is. He is called the author and finisher of our faith. He is our strength. So we only lead a life in him by leaning towards his love. Not the kind of love that the world gives, but the kind that he gives alone. Because he first loved us, and that is why we have the opportunity and privilege to say we can love him as well. And if we have to love him, then there are some factors that can propel consistent fruitfulness. And I first look at it as pleasing God. The first thing will lead or that will help us or propel us to live in a consistent, fruitful life is to please God. And we read it in Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. I read from um, New King James Version. It says that you will have a walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, fully pleasing Him. Okay, so how can we really please God? How can we really please God? Is it by living right? 
Is it by standing in light? Is it by walking in love? Is it by refusing to to blame others for the same thing that we are guilty of, even though we do it differently? You know, it's so easy to see someone from afar and you conclude about the person, writing them off, you know, neglecting the little one or two things that you have deep within you. But God tells us that we should run to him. Not only should we run, okay, if you can't even run to him, okay, come, let's reason it out together so that I'll show you a more excellent way that you will go through. I have told you it is love, but you don't understand what love is. Come, let's reason it out together. Tell me what you have heard of love, and I'll show you who I am because I am love. And if you live in accordance to me, by pleasing me, then you are living in my way. And definitely, there will be fruitfulness in such. He is faithful. His word has said it. And he will not go back over his word. Once the word is there, if you see it in the scripture and you came to it, that is it. Trusting and holding on to him because he is faithful. You believe him because he says he will. You believe him because he said he is the father and he is love. And let the love of the father motivate us. Let his love fill our hearts. That was Jesus' primary dealings when he was on earth. To see that he pleases the Father. Pleasing the Father. It is necessary. Another thing also that can propel us to living a consistent, fruitful life is fulfilling God's given mission for our lives. To fulfill God's mission for our lives, then we need to seek to know from him. And that's why his word says, abide in me. Abide in me. And we can see that in John 15. We might not be able to read it, but we'll read it later. Right now, we might not be able to read it, but he said, live a God-given mission life. I have been a God unto you, and I have not changed. Live as according to my will. That is the word of God. And if we live according to his will, definitely we are pleasing him. And it's going to lead us to fruitful life. Another thing also is cloud of weaknesses. Many have gone before us. Many have come and we've seen that their lives are pleasing to the Father. And because they have lived a peaceful and pleasing life, it is also unto them fruitful. So fruitfulness or living a fruitful life, or consisting in fruitfulness, it's also based on the individual. It's based on you, it's based on me, to live a consistent, fruitful life. And if we have to do so, then there are means for which we have to live a consistent, fruitful life. And like we earlier said, the first thing is to abide in me. Let's read from John 15, 1 to 9. It says, I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may be more, it may bear more fruit. 
You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my word. Praise the Lord. Abide in my love. Abiding in Jesus means totally relying on Him and bearing fruit based on the relationship with Him. Abiding with Him is staying with Him and ensuring that we don't go far from the source. That means totally, completely relying on the Word. Relying on the Word that you see. It is written in the scripture. The Bible is as important as you read it. If you don't study the Bible, it's just another book on your shelf. It is without any effect. It is to him that carries and studies and sees the secret in it. That there is deliverance, there is redemption. And he has power. If you don't study the word, you cannot be strong. In fact... Without the word, you might not as well as know how to pray. Because your prayer should be centered on what the word says. Everything we desire, every requisition that there is to make, is in the word. When you trust the word, the word has life and power in it to transform your life. That is why the Bible said that our eyes, that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we will see the secrets that are in the word. But how can a man find a secret that is somewhere and he doesn't study the word? So the word is where the secret lies. So if you can't study then as well as nothing because nothing will happen to you. So study the word. Study to show yourself approved unto God, not unto men. A workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the words of truth. So how can you divide the words of truth without studying the scriptures? How can you understand without studying it? So it is good to study the word. Next is to speak the word in faith. That's also a means to lead a consistent, fruitful life. Speak the word in faith. And I know not quite a number of us were not around when we led the morning prayers. And he read for us, um, Toby that led us, he, he read from Mark eleven twenty four. 23 and 24. 24 says, What things soever ye desire, what things soever ye desire, what things soever ye desire, when you pray. Okay, now we said, without studying the word, you cannot have an effective prayer life. So how will it work for you? So what things soever ye ever desire, when you pray, that means when you see from the word, and you trust that the word is able to do what the Bible has, what, what God has said, because it is revelation to us, true the right things, then we would have what we desire. 
What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that you receive it, and ye shall have it. Believe that you receive it, and ye shall have it. In John, we see that if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask of my Father whatsoever. So he's still centered on the word. Trusting the word. Our words create. Our words give life. Our words tear down. And our words can as well build up. So if you're going to make sure that your words count, then I would implore you to, as much as possible, use your tongue to give life, not to kill. You cannot be standing, trusting God for something, and you are holding on to the scripture. Maybe you are holding on to Mark eleven twenty four that say, when I pray, I receive of the things that I pray because I believe. But at the same time, your words are against what you believe. Then how can it work for you? Then it will be without effect. Because I come in the place of prayer and I bend and I say, Father, I thank you because of your grace today. And I trust that you come through for me in so and so and so. And then I engage my friend in a conversation and he asks me, oh yes, so what's been going on with you? I say, oh more bros, you know, go no. I don't see when I ask God. But it's like God is not coming through. Anyway, I believe that the Bible says sometimes when we pray, God says yes. Sometimes when we pray, He says wait. Sometimes when we pray, He says no. That is not the scripture. If you want to use your mouth to build up, then build up. Trust the word. In the word, there is power and there is life. For in the word of a king, there is authority. And if your words will carry authority, then you need to confess the right words. You need to say the right things that need to be said. Not what people want to hear, but what the scripture is saying. That's also a means to lead a consistent, fruitful life. And also, if you are trusting and you've spoken in faith, then see fruitfulness. If you are trusting and you've spoken in faith, see fruitfulness. We see that also in Habakkuk 2. Can we take our reading? Habakkuk 2. Habakkuk 2.2, he says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Three. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it surely will come. It will not tarry. So you are prayed and you are trusting God. And you have seen this scripture. But you go about saying or countering your words, going back on them. Then you don't see what things you've prayed for. Then you start to say, Lord, but I judge and trust you faithful, but you've not been able to come true for me. Then check in your asking. Check the way you live your life. Check the way you live. Because the way you live your life can actually hinder you from receiving the things that you ought to receive. Oh, you think lifestyle doesn't matter. <laughs> Because we are as much the Bible that others will read on this life. So if we don't lead them through our lives to Christ, then we are leading them somewhere. 
someone will say, yes, but I trust God that if I, if, if I fall into sin, doesn't mean that I'm a sin man, because I mean, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, but I'm standing, I have the right standing with God, because I'm the righteousness of God through Christ. Glory to God. Yes, you are. But how much more? Have you studied the Bible that tells you also that your brother who is not strong in faith, who has still been fed with milk, how much more can your lifestyle hinder such person from going? Some person who doesn't know Christ so well, regardless of age, regardless of age, doesn't know Christ so well, has not come to the true knowledge of who Christ is, and then he's leading a life that someone might see to copy, and it leads him or her astray, then you're not doing justice to the word. Let the word be what you stand for in deeds and actions. And even in thoughts. Another means also to leading a consistent, fruitful life is avoid self-glorification. The essence of fruitfulness is not for us, but for God's glory alone. John 3.30 It's for God's glory alone. Let Him alone take the glory. Avoid self-glorification. Self-glorification. Because God has worked mighty things through you, does not make you the center of attraction or the point. It's still God. Because in yourself, you can heal nothing. In yourself, you can lead no one to Christ. After all, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. So when you stand before men and you say, glory to God, I single-handedly have been able, just know that you are not working in love. <laughs> it is the word. This is scriptural. Let your light so shine before men that it will see the deeds that you actually have to give. And then your father will be glorified. But in the place of praying or where you stand to give your testimony and you say, glory to God, myself and I, we've been able to go for evangelism. And to the glory of God, myself and I, we've been able to, be, to speak to some people. And to the glory of God, they instantly give their lives to Christ. Maybe as much as even be filled with the Holy Ghost instantly. I thank God because I am important in the kingdom. Oh yes, you might be important in the kingdom, but check your work of love. Don't be the center of attraction. Let it be God. His glory he will share with no man. So give him all the glory. And by so doing, he will wrought mighty things, mightier things even through you. This is the scripture. Trust in God. Trust in God. He is alone who will let it come to pass. Let's consider a story in Matthew 25. The talent story. There was a master, as recorded in the Bible, the house servants. And this master was to travel. And he called on his servants. To one he gave five talents, to the other he gave two, and another he gave one. And he said, um, I'll be gone for a while, and this, here it is, you can use it, and use it well, use it wisely. The person who received five talents realized that there is a need to work, and he could put this into use, and it will grow. So he decided to go, and he put it to use. The second person also with the two talents did the same thing, put it to use, and he was able to make profit. And the third person thought, oh yes, this is my master. I know who my master truly is and I know he likes to reap where he hasn't sown. So it's better for me to bury it so when he comes I return it back to him as shiny as he gave to me. I wouldn't want there to be a change. So the master came back and he saw them and he says, 
Oh yes. Um, when I was about leaving, I, I, I gave you talents. You to you, I gave five. You to you, I gave two. To you, I gave one. How did it go? The person with the five talents came and said, Lord, when, when you traveled, I was able to productively put to use the five talents you gave me. And here it is, I made profit. And he said, oh, well done unto you, fruitful or however he said it. It's in the Bible, so you can go back and read. And the second person also, the heart too, the same thing also. But when he came to the last person, he didn't put to use what he was given. And he said unto him, to you who even received one, as little as it might be, you were not able to make use of it. And it was taken from him and given to the other person who was able to make ten. In the essence is that whatever things you don't use, you lose. What things you don't put to use, you lose. It will not be brought up for a vote. What things you don't use, you lose. Is it talent? Is it time? Is it energy? Is it strength that you have been given? If you don't put it to use, you lose it. But you say, oh yes, if it's time, I can push these things to do today and I'll do it tomorrow, you see. You never actually can, can save time in that regard. You could have as well done it today. So if you don't put it to use, you lose it. That's the word. So we've seen that it is demanded of us certain responsibility, even as much as we expect to lead a fruitful life. But this is the center of it all. Let the word be what you are trusting. You cannot and you will never lead a fruitful life without depending on the word. Without depending on the scriptures. You will never lead a fruitful life without depending on the scriptures. It is the word of God. You know, uh, someone said there is a Christianity these days that men think they can actually function and bear fruit in God without the word. It's impossible. You are a child of God. You've not read from the scriptures. You've been fed with the Holy Ghost. Yes, uh, you, with, with evidence of speaking in tongues. You know how to speak in tongues. You know how to coordinate yourself. You can kabash from here to there. You still can. But you don't even study the word. It is not profitable unto you because you might as well blow up. Let the work of the Holy Spirit be in accordance with what the word says. The Holy Spirit is the one that guides, coordinates, and you know, he comforts you. But also, there is a confirmation of it in the scripture. So let the scripture be our guide. Let the scripture be our guide. If we, lead, if we wish to lead a fruitful life and lead it consistently, then we cannot keep the word aside. We have to trust what the Bible says. And to trust the Bible, we have to abide in him. We have to abide in what the word says. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And it is shown in the Bible. It is only the Bible that can show us that. Trust Him with all of our hearts. And He says in Proverbs 4, He said, my, ten, my son, give attention to my words and incline thine ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from thine eyes and keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life to those that find them and health even to their flesh. It is the word of God. Don't let it depart from your own eyes. So you are trusting God for your healing. You find it in the word. You find it in the scripture. You find it in Isaiah. You find it in Matthew. You find it in, in Acts. You find it in, in First Peter. It is the scripture. You are trusting God for prosperity. He still grants you all this thing. There are certain things that you need to do. Trust and obey what the word says. Go further in life. Just in conclusion. 
if we wish to lead a fruitful life, then we must be people of the word. We must stay with the word and allow it to make meaning to us. Allow the word make meaning to you. If I just come up to this place here and I just quoted a scripture and it doesn't make meaning to me and I don't have an understanding of what it is, but I can quote it, I'm so powerless and ineffective. Let the word make meaning to you and in so you are strong in Christ. I pray that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened in Jesus' name. The presence of the Holy Spirit within us has sanctified and set us apart. He has set us into fruitfulness. Let's walk in obedience and act on the word. The word is our strength. The word is our source. The word is our pillar. And he has shown us through his word. He said in the beginning was the word. The word was we God and the word was God. Jesus was in the beginning. That was what the Bible was referring to. And if we can trust on Jesus, we have to see by evidence of what he has done in the scriptures. May we rise on our feet. We sing a song and we say, at the center of it all is you that I see. But is this truly Jesus that is at the center of it all? You know, we have a way of putting self first and thinking it is God. Let God lead. Let his word sink so well in our hearts. Let him be the pillar that we lean on. Let him be our strength even in times of weakness. Let our strength come from the Lord through his word. Let us be able to come before him boldly and receive our healing. Receive our riches. Receive the things that we desire. Everything that you request and you are wanting and you are needing, it is possible to receive of it. It is in the scripture. Of course, if you are praying for your enemy to die, I'm telling you, you are granting such a person long life. It all depends. Circumstance also matters. But trust God. You cannot say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And you are magnifying the devil when he comes, probably maybe sends an attack to you in the night. And all you stand up, you do, instead of you to look on the word first, you are looking for who to call, where to run to. Forgetting that you actually have the word. If the word does not sink on the inside of you, then you are powerless even to the attack of the enemy. When the enemy raises his head, you cannot bruise it. It is the word that can help you. That is why when the, when the devil rises his head, you laugh at the devil. When the devil tries to say certain things to you that it doesn't even work in accordance to the scripture, tell him that it is written. Jesus also did so. And if Jesus is our example and our role model, then I think we need to study even Jesus studied. Oh yes, in his days, there might have not been the Bible, but he was always found studying. He studied. That is why the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. So when you, when you stand and you hear men quoting scriptures, and it actually is effective in their life, you will not be wondering, it is not so big a secret. It is just the revelation of the word by studying. That is why we pray that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened, that we, living a life in Christ, will be all fruitful and strong and lead a faithful living for the kingdom. And we cease not to give our thanks also to the Father, from who enlightenment come. He is our source and he is our pillar. And as we go through our dealings in life, may we put the word first and trust in him. Heavenly Father, we exalt your name and we bless you. We glorify you because we know, Father, Lord Jesus Christ, you speak and your utterance is real. And Father, to whosoever it is that has been sent, Father, let it make meaning and let lives be transformed for good. I pray, Heavenly Father, that in all things, Father, may we reverence you first. 
Let's keep self down and you exalted. Jesus, you be lifted and exalted in all situations. That our lives, Father, will lead a fruitful meaning, even unto you. That you will look at us and say, Well done, O ye faithful and humble servant. Thank you, Father, Lord Jesus Christ, because your word is life to us, because we are founded. And we are resident in the word, and we are trusting the word. And with the word, we will run a race that we will not fail, because we know that you are a pillar. Unto you, Father, be all of the glory forevermore. For in Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen.